Support for this podcast comes from Goodman. Goodman Manufacturing Company produces a complete line of refreshingly affordable air conditioning and heating equipment. Goodman is a member of the world's largest HVAC manufacturer, Daikin Industries. For more information, go to www.goodmanmfg.com. I really am a big believer in agreements. If we're if we're doing true one-on-one coaching, we always set up with an agreement. Um, Interesting. Okay. Here's when we start. Here's when we end. Here's what we're going to be working on. Here's what you need from me. Here's what I'm going to be delivering. And so now we've got some clarity on what are the goals, what are the expectations, um, and just like everything else, um, it's 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 a balance. It's a little bit of a dance. Yeah. Um, one of the things you'll hear a lot in the coaching world is it's the art and science of coaching. Welcome to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International, a show for residential contractors about residential contractors. We chronicle business journeys, share insights, and celebrate successes in this wonderful industry. I'm your host, Bob Houchin. Today, you're going to listen to a conversation I had with Barry Barassa, who's one of our talented success coaches at Success Group International. As you will learn, before coming to SGI, Barry was an executive coach. He's brought that background and those skills with him to our organization. Coaching is what I talk about with Barry today. Namely, what's the difference between training and coaching? At SGI, we talk so much about the value of training, and the impact is undeniable. Those companies that train their people, both technically and in the art of sales and communication do exponentially better and have incredibly happy customers. But training alone doesn't make for happy employees. It can make for successful employees, but not for employees who want to stick around with you for the long haul. And given the limits of talented people in the trades, we need to hold on to every great employee we can. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Barry, and I'm sure you'll pick up another or two. I know I did. Hi, Barry. I cannot thank you enough for taking some time. I know you've got uh, lots going on, lots of members to help, but uh, super excited to talk to you today about a very important topic. Uh, Before we dig into it, would you uh, do me the pleasure of introducing yourself to those listening, uh, maybe share your name and what your position is with SGI? Oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. Of course, Bob. Uh, My name is Barry Barassa, and I am a plumbing success coach and working mainly with the plumbers. We're really excited about being here and, and getting to meet the members. That's great. That's great. And for those who haven't had a chance to meet you yet, because we had the little uh, pandemic thing going on, <laughs> we, had, yes. we missed out on Expo uh, and you have been with us super long, but could you kind of give everyone uh, make like a Reader's Digest history of, of what you've been doing? I know you, you worked in coaching before you got here. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, next month will be a year, um, so time is definitely flying. But prior right. to coming to SGI, I had 20 years working in the uh, insurance and financial services arena. Uh, mm-hmm. Worked with the Good Neighbor a company, and majority of that was doing leadership development training. And um, as part of that, I did a two-day training session with some high potential leaders. Mm-hmm. And, I obviously did a great job. It was on presentations um, and then saw one of the leaders the next week give a presentation and used zero of the things we talked about. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we literally spent two days together and nothing got taken over. And I was asking him afterwards, I was like, hey, what happened? Because, well, yeah. things just got away. I said, listen, tell me when your next talk is. Right. Let's get together. 
uh, let's put a plan together. We worked together. He did his next presentation, did fantastic. He went on to grow within the organization. But uh, Bob, I figured out that's, I learned that is an, a profession called coaching. Right. And my eyes got open to that. I started to research it. I went through here in Dallas. We have uh, University of Texas at Dallas. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a, a big coaching program uh, community here. Went to my first meeting fell in love with it mm -hmm. uh, went to a year-long executive and professional coaching program got my certification and uh, was a member of the local chapter president of the uh, of the local uh, coaching group but just fell in love with coaching started using that as part of my work um, right. at, um, and then that just kind of it's not what i do it's just part of uh, it's a tool that i use to do right um, i did that uh, um, with an organization and then um, left, started my own executive coaching program, had uh, private clients that I was working with, uh, doing one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, having a ball. I had, as part of that, about the same time I started that, we had a, uh, had a family member, had some medical issues, went through a, a four-year medical journey, uh, but coming yeah. out on the, uh, the other side of that, um, everybody's healthy now, but uh, the business was pretty much shot and I needed to do something else and uh, SGI opened up and it's a, a nice marriage of the skills and the the things that I do really well, the coaching, the development, the leadership fits really well with uh, the client success role. That's, that's great. The, that's, that's great. Here. And we're glad and we were certainly glad to help you because, um, you know, and, and what obviously we're talking about today is coaching. I think it's mm -hmm. it's such an important topic because, um, as everyone knows, that's listening to this, whether you're a member or an outside contractor, the biggest issue we all have is finding talented people. And so when you do find someone that's a, a great employee, whether a technician or a, a call taker or, or whomever, you know, you want to be sure to keep them on your team. The best way to do that is through performance management, through coaching and making sure that they're happy and, and you're able to uh, – to be a great leader. So um, just, you know, a question I always had, and maybe you can just share what your, your thought is on this, Barry, is what is the difference? You know, we've always emphasized training. As an organization, we've been around 20 years. We've always talked about training. But this idea of coaching is really kind of, I feel, newer. Um, what is, in your opinion, the difference between training versus coaching? Yeah, and it's one of those things, there's not a hard line, but the definition that I, that I like to use is that Training is about transferring knowledge, me teaching mm -hmm. you how to do something. Right. Um, and coaching is more about feedback and more development. Of, yeah. uh, I always think of one of the, you know, the good examples is if, if you've ever played golf or you had a, uh, a golf lesson. You know, if you meet with a golf, a golf coach, they don't teach you the rules of the game. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they, they may train you that. Here are the rules of the game. Here are the clubs that you need to have. These are all the rules. But when right. time comes time to coaching it is, all right, grab a club, take a swing, and then let me give you some feedback on, okay, now you need to adjust your hands this way. Oh, right. now, now let me see, take another swing. Okay, that's a good adjustment. Now think about keeping that left arm. So it's, to me, coaching is more about feedback on the things that I trained you to do. Right, right. And I think where we get stuck is a lot of times, well, I trained them, I gave them the, the book, I gave them the knowledge, I threw them out in the field, right. and so the training didn't work. Right, training, right, right, right. Yeah, For training sure. is the first part. The coaching is what comes behind, and let me give you feedback. So now that you have the knowledge, now let me give you some development on how can you use that knowledge. Right. And to me, that's, that's the it. difference between um, the coaching and training for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, you know, at SGI, we have an onboarding process that we rolled out a few years ago, and and just because it was a, a space that we saw that was really lacking in terms of the development of uh, new employees. But 
speaking of new employees and and kind of the onboarding process, when should members or contractors in general start coaching new employees? So you bring someone in, you maybe do some onboarding with them. What when does that when does the coaching start? Is it right away? Does it happen after they get their feet wet for a little bit? What's your what are your thoughts? You know, to, to me, it is. Um it's it's all it's always going to be happening um and and then there there's this idea that you know from a member's perspective when i have a new employee i'm going to be coaching no one or not i'm going to be giving them feedback i'm going to be looking for things and sharing um and so that's the difference between you know coaching them versus us having a true coaching relationship where we um set up an agreement this is what we're going to be working on but Early on, when you have that new employee, you're always coaching because you're always giving feedback. Um, after the training part, to me, that's when you may shift a little bit more to, all right, Bob, you've come on, you've been with us two weeks, we've done the training. Now we're going to move into more of a coaching role of, I right. know you know what to do. Mm-hmm. So now it's more about we're meeting and not teaching you what to do, but now I'm meeting and for the next four weeks, we're going to be giving, I'm going to give you very specific feedback on how to get better and how mm-hmm. to continue to develop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so to me, that's kind of where you can see some of the shift, but you're coaching from day one, right. um, as far as from a, uh, you know, a 50,000 foot view, but then maybe you have an employee, that newer employee. Now it's all right. You're out of the training process. Now we're moving into more of a coaching where coaching. we're going to be focusing on this and getting, developing this area. Got it. When, when do you, um, you know, I think what happens a lot with, with people is, okay, I'm going to train you on the skills. And uh, like you said, throw them in a truck and hope that they do their best. But I don't think uh, a lot of times people forget that you need to tell people what what's expected of them. So you need to outline what your expectations are for their performance and what their goals are. You know, this is what I expect you to produce this much revenue or I expect you to turn this many leads, whatever it is, whatever your, your you know, your expectation or goals are for these people. But you don't tell them that. So they it's hard for them to, to know they need to achieve it. When is that? When should that happen? Is that something that, that happens when you start coaching? Does it happen when you onboard someone right away that you want to start talking about that? Or are you afraid that it'll scare someone and you just kind of want to handle them with kick gloves at first? What do you What do you think? You know, um, this gets into, you know, uh, what, what I see typically happens is we have a great first meeting. We set out the goals. We set out the expectations day one. And then we'll, we assume, hey, we had that conversation. I never need to address that again. And kind of like coaching, it's an ongoing process Mm -hmm. Um, to to me, defining the goals, defining the expectations. That should be something that we talk about consistently because then there's no, uh, I think what happens or what I've seen happen is, hey, I brought them on first day of hiring. We talked about what the goals were. I laid out the expectations. I let them go because I trained them. Right. And then now they're not meeting expectations, but they know what the expectations are. So I know they're, they're not meeting it because of something else versus you, you just because you said it once, kind of like with training, right? It's a continuing process. You've got to come back and uh, set the goals, set the expectations, um, whether that's part of a handbook, whether that's an agreement that you come up with. Um, I, I really am a big believer in agreements. If we're if we're doing true one-on-one coaching, we always set up with an agreement. Um, Interesting. Okay. When, here's when we start. Here's when we end. Here's what we're going to be working on. Here's what you need from me. Here's what I'm going to be delivering. And so now we've got some clarity on what are the goals, what are the expectations, um, and 
just like everything else, uh, it's 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 a balance. It's a little bit of a dance. Yeah. Um, one of the things you'll hear a lot in the coaching world is it's the art and science of coaching because mm. there's some science to this of here are the rules, here are the expectations, but there's a little bit of art to it as well. Right. Just like in the contracting world, you know, here are all the rules to getting the job done, but there is some art to this position of, well, this is how we do it and this is how we make it work. Right. And I think we forget that and we flow back and forth between those two. Um, and, you know, we need to have definitions and goals. Right. I always joke, one of the things, um, you know, we, I used to use this a lot in a different world and I'm bringing it here to SGI, but when I'm meeting with a new customer or I'm meeting with a new member or a new team member is kind of part of that expectation of, of how do we want to fight Right, because right now we're we're both in a good mood. You're happy to have a new job. I'm glad to have you here. Right, things are great. So, when I need to give you feedback, or I I'm upset with something, how do you want me to give that to you? Right, That's um, how would you like to give feedback to me? Because I know I'm going to be doing something, um, you know. And this is where you this is kind of that art piece of knowing, hey, I may be come across really blunt, but that's my personality. That's my style, and right. I want you to hear that that I'm. You know, and versus some people may, you know, and that's that part of knowing why disc assessment is so important. Why right. knowing, um, you know, here's how I give feedback. How do you like to receive feedback? Mm. Um, or, you know, and, and so some of that kind of stuff, I always like the how do we fight because it usually gets a laugh, but really and truly, you know, hey, nothing's off the table or, you know, just don't talk about my mom, <laughs> you know, or, you know or don't talk about, you know, that, that those kind of jokes and stuff. But yeah. really and truly, though, hey, if, if I'm doing something wrong, you got to let me know. Or, hey, I'm a processor. Tell me yeah. what I need to do. Give me a minute. I'll think about it. I'll process it and come back to you. Yeah. I like that that idea of, of having that upfront honesty about, hey, you know, there's going to be moments where we're going to clash. Let's just talk about how do you, you know, how do you respond to feedback? How do you like feedback? How, you know, and I, I like that because it, 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 you know, so it's not as raw when those rough moments come up. Right. You know, you discussed how everyone handles and processes this information. I really, I let that's really good in, in doing that upfront. I've, I've not really thought about that before. Um, you, the, the follow up, you mentioned agreements. And are, are your agreements, when you, when you lay out an agreement to a coaching session or, or whatever, is it, is, it, is it a written agreement where you're signing off, this is what we're going to do, or is it just verbalized when you sit down with someone? I, I like written because it's, it's down on paper. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it could be, for example, I mean, uh, it's more of a, an agreement in the minds of, hey, you know what, we're going to meet every Thursday at 2 o'clock. Yeah, for 30 minutes and, yeah. and, and uh, I'm going to call you, you're going to call me or we're going to meet here in this office at this time. Right. And this is what we're both agreeing to. Um, and I think what typically where I see um, a lot of managers and owners get in trouble is they say, you know what, you've been trained. All right. Now we're going to meet once once a week uh, for 30 minutes at 11 o'clock. Right. And then, you know, the world, the whirlwind happens. And yep. then, oh, you know what, hey, let's push that back this week. Right. And, and what the owners and what the members forget is now you're telling that employee you're not as important to me. Yes. Something else is more important than our 30 minute conversation. Right. And if you and then once you start to push it, it then becomes easier to push, easier to push. And now it's not as important. And it, uh, now and, and then stuff happens and things blow up because we never we haven't been meeting consistently and talking right. consistently. Right. So you have to really cherish that time you have with your people and make it a priority. And, and because your people are a priority. I think anyone listening to this knows <laughs> how hard it is to find, again, really good people. So once you have them, you know, and they may not they may not be a superstar yet, but maybe they will be in a year or six months if you if you invest the time in them. Um, right. 
something I, I just I just know how I mean I shouldn't categorize. I'm thinking when you sit down session, I think most people are apt to go lead into it going, this is what you're doing wrong. And all of a sudden the, the person you're talking to is on the defensive. And it, it suddenly is not a constructive conversation. It's a it's like, oh wow, I can't wait to get out of this conversation. So in your in your you know experience, Barry, well, how do you keep those coaching sessions where they're positive and they're productive? Versus it's just not me going, this is what you're doing wrong. You need to work on it. Right. You know, um, and I know it sounds simple, but but simple works is, is having an agenda of having mm-hmm. an agenda. of, And that's part of our agreement. When we get together, we're going to talk about, number one, what went well. I always think that's a very powerful question of what's going right. well, because right. it focuses on the positive because it's so easy to go to. Here's what you're doing wrong. So what mm-hmm. what's going well? Um, what's working? Where do you need help? Okay, now, and then it's that shifting of our, here are some things that I'm seeing. This is what I want to talk about. Okay. And that's more feedback than coaching because now you're more training of, hey, you, you, you know, and I think that's where some of that, that blending comes is I need to give you some specific feedback on that last call that you ran. Right. Or this last invoice. I need you to do this, 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 and this. Questions. Right. So, you know, you're giving strong feedback. Right. Um, but coaching becomes more of, you know what, this is the third time we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> What's, you know, what can I help you to do differently? And, and, you know, you're, you're not meeting expectations. What can I do? And so you can kind of see that blending between, between the two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, and, and speaking of just the um, logistical part of it, how, how frequently should you be setting aside coaching opportunities with each of your people? I mean, is it a, you know, especially like a new person, is it, is it daily for a new person or, uh, is it weekly? And then with your employees, like a guy who you just know is a superstar guy, is just a great producer. I, I just know I need to meet with him once a month, maybe, or what, or, or should, you know, should it be more frequently? What, what do you think about that? Yeah. You know, typically when um, it's, it's more frequently at the beginning because you're yeah. building a relationship, you're, you're getting to know the individual, what right. their strengths are, what their areas of development are. And then that'll probably, so that may be daily or it may be weekly, but then it'll so it'll slowly, um, what typically what I've seen in my past is for the first four weeks, we meet every week and mm-hmm. then it goes through, all right. Um, then it goes to every other week and then that pattern holds up or once, once a month. Right. Um, it it kind of comes down to uh, the rhythm that you fall into. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the challenge of it is, is for the manager, whoever's in charge is, is to keep that rhythm and be in charge of that rhythm. Uh, and then to not also neglect your, your best people because some of your best people still need the, the same amount of attention. Right. Um, and, and that's the conversation that you want to have uh, from a coaching perspective. Well, you know, Bob, how often do you want to meet? How often do you want to talk? Um, right. and, and the other piece of it is, is you need time to go out and do the work. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times uh, what I see, you know, kind of to go back to that golfing example of, you know, if you get a golf tip, all right, here's, here's what I want you to do. Take this one tip and then drill it for this next week and then come back and tell me how you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of giving you four or five things to work on, it's one thing. It's a long game. Right. One thing, work on it next week, and then we'll talk about it. And right. then let's see how, is it getting better or is it getting worse? Okay. Oh, it's better now. Well, oh, now that I know this got better, now this issue is showing up. All right, well, let's talk about that issue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're building on it slowly over over a long period of time. Uh, coaching is, is, a, this is, the reason, one of the reasons we go to telling or we go to training is coaching is a long-term process because right. it takes 
a lot of time up front from the manager's perspective, from the leader's perspective. You're pouring a lot into that employee in the short term, but in the long term, you're going to get your payoff. I like it. You know, uh, on those agreements is a follow up to these sessions where you're coaching. So do you do you both sign it at the end? Is, is that something that you do is, is kind yes. of a commitment or do you not? Think uh, for the first one, I, I like to sign it, kind of a, a, of a commitment of, hey, right. this is both, we both agreed to it. And then now you have permission of, yeah. hey, you understood what the uh, expectations were. You yeah. understood, we were supposed to meet, you've been late or you haven't shown up for the last three of our calls. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've given right. me permission to call you on the stuff that you said that was important to you. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, I, to me, that part, I, I like that part of it is it because now, hey, you told me this was important to you. Right. Because we, we get coaching on stuff that's difficult for us to do because it's usually outside of our comfort zone. It's stuff that we're wanting to stretch. And so it's easy to push off and ignore because it's requiring growth of us. Sure. <laughs> sure. Exactly. Exactly. How, uh, again, just so people can understand the, the nuts and bolts of it, how long should you set aside? Uh, you know, get, a lot of our, our, our members are small business owners. They're, we're all small business owners, but they're really small and they have a lot of you know, time issues. So how long should they set aside for a coaching session? Because it's something that can be productively done in 15 minutes. Can it be done in five minutes? Should it be 30 minutes? What What do you What do you kind of think on that? Yeah, um, there was, and I'm, I'm going to get the quote wrong, but there was a, a famous CEO of, of an organization that said, if, if we're going to meet, we're going to meet for no less than two hours. Because if wow. it takes less than two hours, somebody else should handle it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm at that high level of the organization. We're dealing with high level issues. Mm-hmm. So I say that is, is it takes the amount of time that it takes. Okay. In the beginning, it's going to take, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. Um, right. It may take, we may do kind of what we call laser coaching, 15 minutes, five minutes of walking down the hall. Um, the timing isn't so much as important as what, what's the issue that we're focusing on. So if I'm working with a team member, it may be 15 minutes. Support for this podcast comes from Synchrony Financial. Allow homeowners to pay at a rate that fits their budget with the merchant fee that fits yours. Visit toolbox.mysynchrony.com for more information. Welcome back to the show. Just before the break, we were talking with Barry Barassa of SGI about coaching, not just training your people. Barry shared insights into what coaching really is. He explained the value of having agreements when coaching people. Even talked about, you know, talking to your people about how you fight with each other. And in the second half of our chat, Barry will talk about how you can ask great questions that lead to self-discovery for your people and the value of sharpening your listening skills along with much more. So let's jump back into the conversation. I hope you enjoy. You know, when you're coaching people, what are some things like tips or things that you should absolutely avoid? We've talked about we've talked about a lot of productive things, good things, right. but you know, just certain nuggets that people should have in the back of their mind to not cross a certain boundary or ask something or, you know, just it, it, could, it could come up naturally, but you re- really need to be cognizant of not talking about there's anything in particular, you know, in, in this, you know, in a, a true, you know, accredited certified coach, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of different rules and stuff, but I think the biggest area where most people get in, in, in into trouble when they're coaching somebody is telling and then not asking questions. Mm. So if I'm truly coaching you, I have zero, um, uh, um, attachment to the outcome. 
because right. it's not my issue. You're right. asking me for some feedback. You're asking me for some direction. I can what really and truly the biggest mind, the mindset I have is that the, um, a lot of times the manager wants to fix the employee. So mm -hmm. I'm going to do coaching right. to fix them. And that's the wrong mindset. The mindset is the employee is whole. They have all the answers inside of them. My mm -hmm. job is to ask the right questions for them to self-discover it. Wow. Like and that. so if, if I'm coaching you and then I'll start telling you, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Here's I'm, I'm putting my, I'm telling you what to do. That's training or mm -hmm. that's, you know, I'm giving you an order. Right. A true coaching is, is, well, is, is all about asking questions. Yeah. So tell me what, how did that go? Uh, what went wrong there? What were you thinking? Uh, give me some feedback. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of what questions versus why. So why do you think that happened? Mm -hmm. Why do you think the customer responded that way? When, when you said that yeah tell me more and then the other big one I see is is not listening mm -hmm. um, because you're more concerned you know if you really true have that coaching hat on I need to listen to what you're saying uh, because you, uh, and I'm really more of a partner with you to help you think through the issue right it's not about me being right or me having the answers as your coach that's when I was a, an executive coach I love that because I could coach anybody on anything because mm -hmm. I don't have to be right, and I don't have to have the answers. I just have to have good questions. Right, right. How do you – asking questions is a – it's a skill. I mean, it, it for sure is a skill. Uh, do you have any, um, you know, advice in terms of how a member can prepare to, to ask right questions? So they know what – I'm sure what the issue – the employee issues are. And in it, it's so, you know, they know what – they want them to, to finally figure out on their own, right? So how do you get them to, to figure that out with the right questions? So do you do you write them out? I mean, do you do you practice, like role play with yourself, how, how these conversations go? I know that kind of seems silly, but we ask our, 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 no. our employees to role play. I mean, what do you have any kind of uh, tips or tricks on, on how to ask the right kind of questions to get the right kind of answers? This and this is a little self-serving, but the best way to learn how to ask good questions or how to be a good coach, I get that a lot. How, I want to be a better coach. How do I do that? Right. And the number one answer is get your own coach. <laughs> now, yeah. I mean, really, truly, because right. you don't know what it's like until you've done it. And right. I get people all the time. Hey, Barry, I want to be coached by you. Well, you know, tell me what's your style. What's what's your philosophy? And I just say, hey, listen, let's walk off thirty minutes and let me coach you on something. And then you get to see my style. You get to see how I, how I ask questions. The yeah. best thing for our members is, is you got, you, you do not have to go out and hire you a business coach. You can spend mm -hmm. thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars right. to hire a great coach. You've got right. them within the organization. Right. Um, but to get to circle back to your question though, on how do you ask better questions is get curious. I, mm -hmm. I love what we're doing with Clint Bruce right now and some of his stuff, you know, curiosity, but, Ask questions around. So tell me, tell me more. It's one of my favorite questions. Mm. Uh, you know, what questions are closed in questions? They shut the conversation down. So, so um, you know, so, so so how are things going? Yeah. What's working well for you? Uh, uh, what are you struggling with? You know, yeah. Broad, open-ended questions. I kind of write them down. Um, if I'm writing a question that I know that's going to lead them somewhere to me that's not a good question i need to write a question that i'm not an attorney i don't you know the old rule of if you're an attorney never ask a question you don't know the answer to if i know the answer it's a bad question yeah that's i want to ask questions where when i i know i've asked you a good question you'll hear the person say hmm yeah i've never thought of that or dang that's a good question because what they're doing is like oh now i have to think 
huh, and now you're getting into, okay, I'm, I'm in a good spot, so let me yeah. listen. I like that a lot because those questions are all – you could apply those to any person in any situation, you know, but it, but you will get a thought-provoking answer because they're they're broad enough, but, you know, you know it, they, they do kind of make you sit there and stop because – they're not something that people will typically ask themselves. So I like that. I like that a lot. That's, yeah, I think and, that's and Google, a, hey, just type in Google top, like, you know, top coaching questions, and you'll get a list of them really quick. And you know, four or five of them, as long as they're broad, open ended, and right. it allows the person, the other person, to get talking, so that you can listen to what they have to say, right. and then you'll know. Oh, I know the right follow up to ask. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, you you mentioned a good transition here of talking. You know talking to members or, or explain to me the value of, of, you know, Hey, you've got, we've got a great group of coaches here. You need to really reach out to us. We we're here to help. And that way you can learn how to coach. Um, how, how frequently do you try and, and reach out to the members you're working with? Is it, I mean, you've got an, I know a, a good roster there and there's lots of folks that, you know, we're a big organization. So how, how frequently do you try to touch base with members and, and uh, just connect with them and, and what's your experience been thus far? You know, I think it, it is getting, um, you know, the, the thing that um, that I love about being a coach is you're only coaching, you're only coaching when you're in a conversation with somebody. Right. And so it, it, as much as time that we can get in a conversation, that's when I'm at my best. And I think that's when our coaches are at our best. Right. Uh, but it takes two to tango. Um, sure. You know, whether that's I, I you know, we're available. We've got the time. Uh, I think kind of a, for most of our members, most of the owners, a good at least once a month call yeah. because there's enough going on. Um, usually what I find is uh, for the members that we're, we're meeting with once a month and when they say, well, I told you about this. I told you about that. Remember we talked about it. It's like, no, we didn't. So that's my cue. We need to be talking more frequently. Right. Um, because a, a ton of stuff's happening. Right. And just like um, business has cycles up and down, our coaching relationship should have cycles up and down. Right. When it's slower uh, or things aren't going well, the, our our uh, engagement needs to be higher. We need to be yeah. reaching. We need to be touching a lot more frequently. Right. Um, and if things are going well, hey, you know, it can be less. But at least I, I like at least every two weeks, at least once a month. Yeah. I, like I, I think, um, and it gets down to personality, but I think that's the piece where I think our members are missing out on is uh, that's the value piece of that they're leave, of their membership that they leave on the table. They take the yeah. hub, they take the speakers. There's a lot of good stuff, but the gold mine, the piece of gold that's being left on the table is that relationship with your coach. Right. Is there is there any way? Because um, I, I hear this from members. Well, oh, I wish you guys could keep me more accountable. How do you how do you keep members accountable to what you discuss? You know, I know you you ask a lot of open questions, and you you hope that they self realize what some of their problems are. But ultimately, you want it to be a productive conversation. Go, hey, you need we need to do X, Y, and Z. How do you make sure they try and do that the next time you meet with them in two weeks or a month? Or do you just, I mean, is, do you do kind of any kind of a written agreement? It's hard. You're not sitting next to them. They can't really sign anything, but. You know, do you, do you send them an email, follow up? Is it with a plan or, or you just verbalize it? What do you like to do? But to me, that's part of what, of, of the agreement. And mm -hmm. and this is where you get into different philosophies. Like uh, I have one of my favorite coaches, uh, he, he worked with high, high-end individuals. And his number one rule is, is he goes, I don't hold people accountable. <laughs> I work with people that hold themselves accountable and want to yeah. go to the next level. And I love that answer. And then you get the other end of the spectrum of, well, no, no, I'm an accountability coach. Yeah. And, and I think that's that part of whenever you're um, wanting to find a coach for you, I always say go interview three of them. 
kind of like, you know, because it's not so much their knowledge. It's not so much their training. It is, do you fit personality wise? Right. And do you have, have you done what I need to do or do we fit personality wise? Because that's part of that. What do you want to do? I need somebody to hold me accountable. Okay. Here's how I'm going to hold you accountable. Are you agreeing to that? And that's part of our agreement. Hey, I'm going to, this is how I'm going to call you out. Um, and typically there's some skin in the game and we'll, we'll figure out what that is. Um, but you've got to have skin in the game and uh, the members already have skin in the game. They're part sure. of our organization, but that's the piece that they, um, you know, that's the part that gets missed. Right. Right. Interesting. What do you find most of just, just, I'm interested personally, um, just because I, I have lots of relationships with, with members, but it's always kind of talking business in a, you know, a general sense, but you deal with a lot of fires. What are, what are some of the common uh, problems that, that members run into? Is it just uh, managing people or just kind of interested? Yeah. It is, um, you know, I always think of the, uh, David Allen talks about uh, the firefighter model is, you know, uh, we know our number one issue is people. We know a firefighter's number one job is to put out a fire. Right. And, but they're not surprised when a fire happens, right? When right. firefighters, if you go and visit a firefighter house, they're sitting around, they're eating, they're drinking, they're playing PlayStation, they're cleaning stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a great life until a fire happens. Then all of that stops. They go and take care of the fire because the truck's taken care of, it's ready to go, and then they come back, they clean, get everything ready, and wait for the next fire. Yeah. And I think our, our members, what they do is they don't realize people are going to be the, the number one challenge. That's their fire, but yet they don't prepare. They're not working on them and they're surprised when something comes up. Right. And now I need to put this fire out and I don't have any tools. I don't know where the water can is. I don't know where my boots are. I don't know where my firefighting, you know, it's kind of like, well, Hey, let's, let's start meeting now and talking and look at your team. What's going well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where are your, you know, kind of that SWOT analysis, where are your strengths? Where are your weaknesses? Where are the opportunities? Right. Where are the threats? And to me, we start that coaching before it goes wrong. So when something goes wrong, oh, okay, I'm, I'm better prepared to handle it. I like that. I like that a lot. What what role does coaching play in, in confidence? I mean, to me, that would be, you know, that's something that people forget. It's not just trying to help them be more productive. I mean, that's a big part of it. But, you know, with it, when, when people see growth, there's confidence. And that all stems from that coaching process, doesn't it? It does. It yeah. does. And, and a lot of it, um, it, one of the examples, I used, I used a lot of the training I did, but you know, if you've ever want, had to go buy new clothes, you know, buy, you never go buy new clothes by yourself because you put it on, you walk out, you look at the mirror and you're like, does this look good or does this not look good? <laughs> and you need somebody else saying, oh, dude, that looks really good on you. This is, um, you know, for all the, uh, the people out there, but you know what? No, ooh, that's not a good color on you. Or right. you know what? I'm trying something out. And a lot of times I'm trying on a new leadership lesson. I'm trying mm-hmm. on a new leadership hat. I've been very hands-off. I want to become more hands-on or right. I want to implement this within my company. Right. Hey, call your coach. Let's practice it out. Right. Talk to me about it. How are you going to introduce it? How are you going to introduce this, the straightforward pricing guide to your team? Well, right. I think I think I'll say this. I'll th- no, no, no. Do it with me. Practice yeah. with me. Uh, I it, uh, With your coach is a safe space to try new things out, to say, right. ooh. That looks good on you. Ooh, I like it when you said this, but when you said it this way, yeah, this is what it, yeah. it, it brought my hackles up because that's not the. You know, it, we need to say it differently. Yeah. Um. um and, and so, to me, when you're having a true coaching, uh, um, you know, safe space, it is a place for you to try on new things. It's a place yeah. for you to say, you know what? Here's, here's what I'm what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm thinking. Uh, how does this sound? Mm-hmm. 
I like that a lot because you're right. You you might in your head think, oh, this I'm just going to say this. This sounds great. <laughs> yes. You say it to your team, and everyone it's like you know everyone's quiet. You go, uh oh, something yeah. didn't happen. Make your mistakes. And, and it, it's batting practice. Make your mistakes with with us. Right. It doesn't right. go anywhere. I like and that. then you know you go out and and then to me that's what builds builds confidence. Is hey, I've yeah. done it three or four times with my coach. I've gotten yeah. feedback. I'm ready to go uh, roll this out. I love that. That's great. Barry, thank you so much for all your time. This was really good. A lot of good little nuggets here about how to coach people and, and, and you know, get the best out of them. Just any uh, last uh, pieces of advice for our members and how to coach coach their folks or, or just any last things you'd like to say about, you know, uh, them coming to you for coaching, anything in particular? You know, um, one of the big things that, that I always, you know, coaching is for both personal and professional. And what I've seen with a lot of our members and a lot of business owners is that if you're having an issue in your uh, professional life, it's showing up in your personal life. Right. Or if you're having an issue in your personal life, I guarantee it's showing up in your professional life. And so a lot of times we work on things of if, if you're having poor communication with a team member, I guarantee you're having poor communication with a, a spouse or a significant other or your children. And when we fix things or we help you, or I'm sorry, I take that back. We won't fix things. When we help you correct them and you have better conversations with your team members, mm -hmm. it's amazing. You're suddenly having a better conversation with your spouse right. and it's that rising tide piece. And so uh, one of the things I always work on is, you know, uh, is a lot of times we'll work on personal issues because it affects the professional. And a lot of times we'll, we'll fix a professional issue. And then our next call with our members of, Hey, it's amazing. My relationship with my, with my, uh, with my son just got a ton better. Yeah. Uh, and so you know, all of that is tied together. So if you're struggling in one of those areas, no, you've got, you've got access to a coach, reach out to yeah. us. It, it, you're, you're, it costs you zero to click on a link and book an appointment with a coach. Right, right. Yep, it's already part of the membership, so might as well take advantage of it. I love that. Yep. Great. Well, Barry, again, thank you so much for your time. This was really good insight. I will have to have you on some sometime soon again. So have a great day, sir. Thank you so much. That's Barry Brassa of Success Group International. Thanks for listening to the show. If you feel like you have a great story worth sharing that would also help other contractors, email me at bhouchin at yoursgi.com. Also, if you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a rating. Remember, friends give fives. You've been listening to the Successful Contractor Podcast, powered by Success Group International. Support for this podcast comes from A.O. Smith. For millions of consumers, business owners, property managers, and engineers worldwide, A.O. Smith has delivered innovative hot water solutions for over 70 years. The Successful Contractor Podcast is a part of the Success Group International family. SGI is the largest member-owned best practices organization for independent residential services contractors. SGI provides its members a competitive edge through proven proprietary management tools and expertise, marketing programs, training, and group buying power, along with a highly active and eager-to-help membership. For more information about Success Group International, visit www.yoursgi.com. The Successful Contractor Podcast is copyrighted 2020 by Aquila Investment Group, LLC.